Hey, and welcome back to the Advice from Hannah show, where real conversations happen and raw emotions are shown. This is season one, episode number 39, Suicide Prevention with Gina Clausen. I'm over the moon to be talking about this subject. It is so real, and I feel as though we don't talk about it enough. But before we jump into this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to The Wolf Co., our official media sponsor. If you want to learn how to level up your LinkedIn, launch a course, or start an e-business, check out The Wolf Co. Tell them Hannah sent you. Thank you for tuning in, and let's jump right into it. This is The Advice from Hannah Show, and we have the one and only Gina Clausen on the other side. Gina, how are you? Oh, you're already making me feel so special. I am good. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It has been a journey, everyone, to get this interview to happen. Gina, do you want to tell them everything or should I? (laughs) I mean, you go ahead. It it really has been a journey, though. (laughs) We have tried to record three times this episode and it was either I wasn't feeling well the second time my internet decided not to love us until now we are live I want to thank you so much Gina for being super patient with us this is going to be a special episode and you're in my heart forever just for being so patient (laughs) oh you're welcome I I consider myself a very flexible person so (laughs) absolutely Super excited. So before we jump into this, I want everyone to know who is Gina? What What is your brand? What is this all about? Yeah. So gosh, diving in. Um, brand to me is who you are, why you matter, and what you fight for. So who I am, uh, my name is Gina, uh, but I operate Wellness Warriors LLC, which is a coaching company devoted to helping those with their mental health, including uh, body image acceptance. And from a very young age, I knew like I was so drawn to helping others, but this also made me inherently a uh, people pleaser. And I did not uh, realize this until, oh gosh, I don't know, in my 20s, maybe. Um, But I was addicted to the idea that I'd be enough if I did a certain thing or I'd be happy when I accomplished something. Um, But what happened was I dove into behaviors to try to control how others would perceive me. Um, And in actuality, that sent me into a really dark place. So my whole brand in in, uh, helping others, coaching others through healing process, it comes from my own healing journey through anxiety, depression, disordered eating. And so taking my experiences and realizing that I had diminished and dulled and hidden my desires, um, I had fought my body every day for a peace of mind I never got. Um, and it took years of living in this fear-based mindset uh, on the need for control to 
become aware that this was not a full life for me. So Wellness Warriors is all about taking people from their baseline to flourishing in the fullest sense of the word. I want you to flourish and realize there is so much more to life that you're just not accessing. You're so capable of it, so capable of it. And I'm going to hold that belief for you even when you can't. Uh, But Wellness Warriors is all about getting you to that beautiful spot that you didn't even know you had within you already. Woo! How are you going to say that right out the gate, man? I know. I know that was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was perfect. That was perfect. You let, you set the foundation strong for all our (laughs) listeners right now. It is so strong right now. I got chills. Let, Let me dissect. Let me just dissect what you just said. You were a people pleaser. So was I. So this is how mm-hmm. we vibe. So the disease to please is so real. And you struggled with body image and and pleasing others. How did your thoughts look like back then? In a sense, when when you were in that stage, like when you were, I guess I call it like stage five of people pleasing, mm-hmm. that what did a thought look like for you? Did you feel as though if you said no to somebody, you'd be hated and, and put in the hall of shame? Oh, absolutely. You know, you would never say no to someone because then you would be letting them down and and disappointed and that that would uh bring up the fear of them abandoning you then who would you have (laughs) so uh being a people pleaser and very outcome driven and not being um judged on the outcome of how i felt about it take for example like grades grades through grade school and high school, um, if I got a 93, it would automatically in my head be like, "Mm, not good enough. You missed seven points. You missed 7% there. Because that's just what was ingrained in me, that this, this phrase of there's always room at the top. And I never made it there. And so it felt like a, a chronic disappointment to myself. So repatterning myself to believe that my best is enough and that I'm enough for existing has been just mind blowing. I felt that so much, man. I felt that uh, you got me early. You got me early <laughs> in the game. You got me early tearing up. Well, it's definitely, it's difficult, especially when it comes to grades, especially I find that females, males, non-binary, non-binary genders, whatever your gender is, we all struggle with that. I could have done better. I should have done better. What if I would have turned left three seconds beforehand? What if I would have studied the extra 20 minutes? What if I would have said this to this person instead of that? I wonder if he hates me because I said no. You know, I can go on. Yeah, I can go on. And that's kind of how... We're wired to, so Wellness Warriors, I I love the name, teaches you, you. girl, name is so fire. It teaches you, well, the name describes it all. It teaches you how to become a warrior and and be well in your life. So who influenced this journey for you to start this business? So one of my very first coaches, and this is the kind of first time that I really went out on a limb for an experience all right I let me tell you I live in Ohio 
Okay. And I had started following some recovery accounts. Um, and my girl, Maddie Moon, um, she ran, still runs. Um, but back then her account was very recovery focused from disordered eating and a disordered relationship with working out. And I just resonated with her message so, so much. Uh, I saw that she was offering a feminine surrender retreat in Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Um, I had never been there before. I had barely traveled on my own. This was very, very early 20s, Gina, by the way. So, like, little baby. Um, and it was a lot of money, too. So, it was really out, out on the limb for me. Anyway, I got on the call with her, and she really laid it out. Like, are you going to invest in yourself, really? Because this isn't for me. This is for you. And I was like, wow. Yeah. It is for me. <laughs> and so I I really dove into that experience. Um, and it, it changed so much of my perspective. I'd say it was the the catalyst for this. Um, but other influences along the way, bringing up catalyst, um, John Kim, I uh, goes by the angry therapist and Noel Cordo created uh, the catalyst coaching intensive and journey and that is the company that i went through for my coaching certification so they influenced me uh incredibly in the not only in the business arena like showing me how i can use this to help others um but of really believing in my story and that authenticity and how much value it can bring so those are some pretty big big influences. How did you feel when you were on that plane going to that retreat? What are your, I've yet to go to any conference or anything by myself on in another country. That's a goal for 2020. Um, mm -hmm. But how, what made you click, you know, pay or process? What, how did that feel? Well, it was super empowering. So Knowing that I could make this choice was really empowering. And yes, I have to give a nod to my partner for life for validating my decisions because I thrive on validation. Um, and so when I committed, it was this beautiful mix of empowerment and scared out of my mind. <laughs> that just felt amazing. Um, one thing I've I've learned is is fearless is just when uh, faith in the greater experience is less than the fear of what could happen. Say that again. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> so we need to be fearless. We need to have more faith than less fear. So not worrying about the outcome. Just knowing that I felt drawn to this and, and trusting that um, really made all the difference. You're you're phenomenal, man. You're oh, you're something else. You are something else. So, so I hope you guys are listening to this. This fearless early twenty something. I'm 
in my early 20s, the only thing that I could do was be hungover. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so, that's all, 20 to 23, all I remember is partying it up um, and getting married. That, that's it. And <laughs> for you to get on a plane and go to a retreat because you knew deep down inside that things weren't marching right in your life, that is like fearless and bold and badass and I applaud you for doing that during that time during that transition period did you have any mentors uh I'd say my greatest mentor um goes by a different title and she is my therapist um she is amazing and I have I think I was seeing her at that time um, but it's been a long journey with one therapist, which I am hella grateful for. Um, but I will say, you know, for people who haven't clicked with a therapist, um, keep trying because it took me about three or four to get to one that I really clicked with. Um, and even then, you know, your scheduling might not work out or your insurance might not cover it. So all these different barriers. Um that might get in the way, but finding that person is so, so very worth it. Um, to bear my soul and my, the darkest parts of myself and have it be heard in a non-judgmental space. Um, and also, you know, having that real feedback of someone who's not interpersonal relationships in my life and, um, has a different outside perspective and a different knowledge set than I do, uh, has been so influential. And so, yeah, I would definitely give her the, the title of mentor as well, whether she knows it or not. <laughs> well, now she does. Now she yeah. does. I hope that you're able to to show her this recording and, and let her know how, how brave and, and transparent you're being right now for us. And I really appreciate you, you're bringing it home for me each. Like, I don't even... Interview done. Interview done. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> nothing else to say. The interview is done, everybody. Thank you so much for showing up. Um, but it's definitely important to have somebody who doesn't judge you. And I think therapy, a therapist, however you, you can call it, is so important for all of us to be able mm -hmm. to attend just because we, we're all dealing with trauma. I, I had a guest on here and she said, talk to everyone like they're hurting. So just be kind yeah. because you don't know exactly what somebody is going through during that day or, or that moment in their life that can make them lash out to something. You speak a lot about mental illness and demagnetization. How do I say this? Demagnetization. Did I say it right? No. Oh, destigmatization. Woo! There we go. See, you're teaching me how to say words. <laughs> You speak a lot about that of and of mental illness. How do you can you elaborate a bit on that? Because a I don't know how to say the word, so that might really help. <laughs> that is a okay. Yeah, I can totally elaborate on that. So destigmatization. We we find that uh, when mental illness is brought up, um, we want to shy away from the topic, and everyone seems to have their own judgments and oftentimes negative opinions on 
mental illness, um, depression and anxiety have come strides away from what they were. Um, and people are more educated on them. But still today, I, I would rather say, oh, I have a doctor's appointment instead of saying, oh, I'm actually going to see my therapist. So it's, it's just ingrained in our speech to not bring it up. Um, destigmatization is all about getting rid of that stigma, getting rid of the facade that we have to be okay in our mind all the time. Um, and it doesn't just stop at depression, anxiety. We need to talk about um, ADD, ADHD, schizophrenia, bipolar, borderline personality disorder. Um, all of these things are more prevalent than you would think, and yet no one's super talking about them because we don't want, people don't want you to make assumptions about them based on a diagnosis. Um, we're just all yearning to be understood and connected and feel like we belong. So destigmatizing mental health um, and all the people who experience mental illness, I should say, destigmatizing mental illness um, will go just so, so far reaching to make people feel more uh, connected and loved and belonging. I feel that, I feel dude, I felt that. I keep saying that during this interview, but you, you bring it home each answer. But I feel as though I, I hate the fact that people don't want to say that they're going to see a therapist or that they're struggling with anxiety or that they're struggling with, with depression or that they have multiple personalities. Why is that such a hard topic to talk about? We're adults. I don't, well, you know, on some days. <laughs> some days I just want to sit yeah. in color in a blanket. But we're adults and that should be a normal conversation and and why corporations can't just be you know what i have a therapist appointment at 3 p.m i'm sorry i can't attend this meeting and mm -hmm. that should be okay and this is why this topic is so important in this podcast episode is very dear to me because you're somebody who's not scared to say it out loud you just mentioned so many mental health um diseases that nobody wants to talk about nobody like you, you just listed them like and it was normal for you. And I love that you did that because we all have trauma. We all struggle. We all have things that we carry around in our little backpacks our whole entire lives. And nobody expects us to take our backpack off and open the backpack and seeing all the monsters come out. So, mm -hmm. and, and we all have mental health. Not all of us have mental illness. Granted, one in four adults in the U.S. at least do. But every single person on this planet and probably other planets, because, you know, aliens, um, has mental health. OK, we all have it. And it's something we need to take care of, not just from the aspect of uh, self-care, bubble baths and facials, like really getting to know ourselves and rooting down speaking about 
what's inside, not bottling the, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Um, <laughs> oh, please don't. My, my editor, my husband will be like, why are they swearing? So please don't. Please don't <laughs> bottling this crap up. Okay. <laughs> say it, say it. You said it, Daniel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just makes everything so much worse. And when we don't take care of our mental health, it turns into mental illness. Um, it just, granted, that's not the only cause. There's so many factors that contribute to mental illness that, um, I could list off, but that'd be a very long list. Um, what are, what are maybe like the three that you, that come up like in your head? So, uh, genetic factors is one that we, and that's one we have zero control over our genetic makeup. So if I'm the daughter of an alcoholic father and a bipolar mother, I'm kind of not very great from the get-go. Like, I'm not starting the card game with a full deck, so to say. Um, another factor, like you mentioned, is, is trauma. Um, if we go through a traumatic experience and whether that is uh, it doesn't matter what the event is if you consider it trauma then then it is trauma all right so it doesn't have to be um war related or a big accident related or world event um it's what whatever it is to you so that's another experience that we didn't have control over. These things happen in our lives that put a lack, let's say biological factors as well. I can't control how much serotonin is in my brain just by thinking more happy thoughts. You know, that that's not going to work and that's why they have developed antidepressants. Um, there's no easy way out of a mental illness. If there was, I feel like they would call it something else. But mental illness is so insidious and complex. Um, and we don't have all the information on it. That's why people have to cycle through different meds. It's not just like, oh, you're depressed. This Zoloft will work for sure every time. It's, oh, try this Zoloft. Oh, that didn't work. Here's a Lexapro. Oh, that didn't work. Here's a Vibrid. Oh, that didn't work. Here's a Wellbutrin. Like, it it cycles through, and I don't think there's a large understanding of, of what we go through in the, in the healing process and how much support is needed through that. Beauty, beauty, man. Like it, it's, I'm glad that you touched upon genetics, trauma, mm -hmm. and the steps that is needed for you to finally find a med that works for you. Because what can be what can be successful for you is not for me. And there's 7.7 .7 billion people in the world. There's not going to be one magic pill that takes it away for all of us. So you, mm -hmm. you have to go through the motions. And you need to, if you have somebody in your circle of friends or in your family that struggles with mental illness, you have to hold space for them and let them know that their feelings are valid. What they're feeling is valid. Because... We don't know how they can react with, oh, well, get over it, or oh, cheer mm -hmm. up, 
or again, again, are you kidding me? You're going back again? You know, so those are things that you hear that I've heard that I know people have heard. And it's not the right way to talk to somebody, especially when it's something like you said, you, you're not born with a full deck of cards. You have an addict dad and a, a mom that suffers with with mental illness, depression, anxiety. F man, you're you're already at loss. So, you know, it's, it's important that these conversations are had. And I want to ask you. What is something that we can do as humans to kind of help and aid somebody that's struggling with this? Something that, that we can say or, or that you would love, like to hear from somebody. Because I feel that, that a lot of people don't know to, how to react to these situations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we don't know how to react because we haven't been taught. So it's not really anyone's fault you can say society as a whole because of the stigma that they've put on mental illness but really it's no one's fault that you aren't prepared for this scenario um once you're faced with it though you do have the responsibility um of or i guess the responsibility might be a little strong you have the choice of course, whether to address it or not. You can stay kind of ignorance is bliss or educate yourself and have the responsibility to educate yourself on it. Um, Google will go a long way, guys. Like, honestly, if, if someone in your life is struggling with depression and you just pop on and go, how to help depressed partner, I guarantee you a million articles will pop up to help you. Um, The biggest thing, and you already kind of mentioned this, is validating that person for any type of um, pain or or hurt they're feeling. Uh, Just bring your entire presence to them and hold space for them. Hold that non-judgmental space um, without any latched-on expectation of outcome. Okay, so you're not exactly. holding space exactly. so that they feel better, right? And and you don't have to understand someone's trauma or hurt to validate their pain. You don't have to understand where it's coming from. You just have to understand and see that they are in pain and holding space for them is is one of the the best ways come on Gina (laughs) you come on I can't even oh this episode you guys you're you're welcome back anytime Gina please just come back and make me cry (laughs) Oh, I don't want to be the person who just makes people cry. But like feeling, feeling into your feelings is always a plus. (laughs) No, definitely. It's I'm I'm that person to a lot of people. I hold space for a lot of people. I I have this weird. It's not weird. I don't really talk about it, but I can I can sense when somebody is not 100 percent and they don't have to Mm -hmm. talk to me. Or they don't have to say anything to me. I just know. And I automatically reach out to them. And they always tell me, like, hey, how do you know? I'm like, I don't know. I just know. 
So I, I've mm-hmm. always been that person to, to hold space because it's freaking hard out here. And, you know, we're, we're adults and we're expected to know how to be an adult, but nobody really tells us how to manage no. all these grown up emotions. And if you're growing up and you grew up in the, you know, let's just say for some of the listeners, you know, the, the 70s, the 60s, the 80s. You know, even the 90s, early 2000s, you guys have more of a, of a digital era. But anybody born circa 85 and beyond, that conversation was not even had. So now you have all these, like, emotionally suppressed adults walking around holding all these emotions in. And they don't want to share them because it wasn't acceptable to share them before. So this is why I, I feel as the wellness warriors coaching and, and your business and your platform is so important because you're bringing that awareness to people all over the world and it's beautiful it's beautiful I feel like more of us should be doing that and and this should be celebrated on like the highest platform ever Mm -hmm. I absolutely such a fan of you such a fan um what are you doing a retreat so then I can come up (laughs) (laughs) right right make a retreat so then I can buy a ticket and have an excuse to come somewhere I would definitely I'd definitely show up there you you already got I'm planting seeds all over the place on this episode you know I want to ask you about this next subject and it's a subject that not not a lot of people like to talk about but with anxiety and with depression and with so many other mental illnesses suicide is such a real thought how do you help people who survived you know the, the suicidal thoughts or are getting these dark thoughts what can you suggest for them to do or, or maybe tips n- not tips or, or maybe something that can help them because I know they, they exist I know they do and not a lot of people like to talk about them number one to me is reach out and whether that is a trusted friend a family member a professional an anonymous hotline reach out because you are not alone at all. You are not alone. So I think I've mentioned this to you, but I am a jack of many trades. Okay. So as well as um, running wellness warriors and doing coaching, um, I also work in two hospital systems. And when I work an inpatient psychiatric unit, and that's where people are staying for a couple of days for a stabilization. And then I also work the um, first step of that process in an emergency room. If someone comes in um, with suicidal ideation, I would make contact with them and we'd get them evaluated by a social worker, a therapist um, and decide from there, you know, is is the next step um, going to the staying in the hospital uh, to be stabilized and and really evaluating what's this coming from, what has triggered you, what's your history like, just really getting into it um, in in a crisis setting. Okay, so um, I have that perspective as well. Uh, there, I guess the point of me saying that is. There are resources and there are facilities specifically made for these situations because you are not alone. <laughs> and so many people are dying every year due to suicide. And 
you have no idea what the outcome is going to be if you just stay one more day. You know, when I was struggling with suicidal thoughts or, um, you know, still to this day, if I get an intrusive thought, I have a tattoo that says the word stay and it has a sunrise and it reminds me to to stay until the next sunrise. And then the next day I'll, I'll reevaluate my, with myself and maybe make myself another deal. Okay, I need to stay till the next day and I need to make a plan to to get through this. I need to reach out. So reaching out is just it's huge and it's it's huge in in two respects. It just shows so much. It takes so much bravery, shows so much courage and respect for yourself. It just go it goes such a long way. That's beautiful that you have that that tattoo as a reminder for you to stay one more day. I know that life can can throw so many bricks at you all at once. But if you just hang on a little longer, the sun is going to come out. And if you're feeling right now, if you're listening to us right now and you're struggling with dark thoughts, definitely reach out to a, a friend or a professional. Or I'm going to link the suicide hotline in this episode and you can definitely reach out to them and speak to somebody unknown that can help you because life is so precious and you're here today. You made it this far. Why not try to push and see what tomorrow has to offer? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, um, well, the quote that my tattoo is based off of comes from Victor Hugo and it is even the darkest night will end and the sun will rise again. And I just did that is my mantra when when um, things get real dark and I can't I can't um, hold that belief in myself. I can't hold that light myself. I remember that even the darkest period will end and the sun will rise again. Always, always. It always will. The next day will always come because the sun, the earth rotates around the sun. So the sun, Mm -hmm. it it will come back out again. And I think it's so important that we talk about these subjects on podcasts, on stages, online, in person, on the phone, via email, any way possible just to spread awareness and support to anybody that needs it. Because even the happiest go lucky person or the person that has, you know, the millions of dollars or has no dollars, they all can suffer from this. So it's super important to to reach out and and get help if you need it if you're listening to this episode right now and and you identify please please get help reach out and get help that's that's all i can i can definitely say and i'm, I'm sure gina you can attest to, to this. yeah absolutely now something that um i do with mental health coaching because I am not a practicing clinician myself, like a therapist or social worker, I create um, access to treatment for people who contact me. Um, I get them on a call and I say, all right, where are you at? What's your area? Um, we'll go through insurance. I will make calls to facilities for you and try to set up appointments because I know how stressful that is and I know how much energy that takes up. So that uh, that is a coaching service I do to get people connected to treatment because we're all an interdisciplinary team. 
and we each have to know our scope. And my scope in regards to um, suicidal thoughts is let's get you connected to someone uh, you can see regularly in your area because um, now you've passed the line where coaching is no longer appropriate or it's not appropriate right now. Uh, we need to put a pause in our relationship and I'm going to get you connected with someone who's going to get you back to that baseline point. Because when we think about uh, the overarching themes of therapy and, and coaching, it's more like uh, therapy is processing oriented. You're processing through a lot of trauma and that's a lot of history there to get to a good baseline point. At that baseline point, that's when coaching comes in to get you to that flourishing. They can exist together, of course, but the the basic themes are we work in different areas. So I, I do get people connected to coaching, get people connected to therapy and offer that gentle accountability like, like all right, did you make it to your appointment? Uh, what do you need to do now? Do you have therapy homework? Um, are you making further appointments with a psychiatrist? How's that going? And just um, putting that that um, care, that well-rounded care yeah. around yeah. around therapy, I think it's much needed. For sure, I'm glad that you mentioned that you're you're that bridge and you're that link for them. I have officially in my books you are an angel on earth oh <laughs> you definitely are that that was phenomenal i'm so glad that you said that i'm i'm super sure that whoever is listening right now knows that gina is the person to reach out to when you're feeling those thoughts or or when you're experiencing dark dark thoughts because they are so so real so real and there's help out there she's you answer DMs right away. <laughs> Vegeta. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's really overwhelming to people sometimes and, and absolutely recommend um, the hotlines we have in the area as well, like any emergency room. They're very good. Um, in the U.S., we have a crisis text line that's just... Uh, typing start to 741741, texting start. Um, and I've used that service many times. It's just a, and, and that is a very fast response service. So I recommend that to so many people, especially in this um, digital age, we're becoming more and more uncomfortable on the phone talking, especially if we're in like a crisis situation and we're hyperventilating and crying and I don't want to talk on the phone when I'm like that. So um, having that text option, not a lot of people know about that. So I wanted to get that out there as well. Now everybody knows. Whoever listens to <laughs> advice from Hannah knows. What's the, what is it again? The crisis text line. Yes. What's it's the a really... What's it's a really like? awesome organization. It's just typing, uh, texting the word start to 741-741. Beauty. So we now have, for my U.S. listeners, you guys know where to text. I will definitely be doing more research for the Canadian version of this for all my Canadian listeners. Gina, 
This is a question that I ask everyone that comes through my show. If you saw yourself at 20, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, she's about to go through a bunch. Girl. Um, I would say trust your instinct regardless of outside influences. Um, I would tell 20-year-old Gina that you are really smart and you can start believing in it now. <laughs> um, enjoy, enjoy the process of finding who you are instead of beating yourself up for not already being there. That'd be the the take home. <laughs> that would be sweet. I think you and I would have been friends at twenty. I would have been that friend that was always hugging you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm at an age where I'm like, why aren't we connecting more physically with people? Like I just, oh, we need to connect more physically. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Hugs are. I hug people all the time, and they are just like, what's going on with this weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> where can I? I know that we're. We're almost wrapping up, and I want to give you the mic to talk about anything that's on your mind. Where can our viewers, listeners find Gina and any other fun little facts about you? For sure. Well, oh, my gosh. I have so many fun facts now. That is so unrelated, <laughs> though. No, it doesn't oh, matter. It doesn't matter. All right. The fun fact, I have a, I, a, two rescue animals. Um, my cat. He's a completely black cat, and he's blind, um, and his name is Lazarus, and I love him. Uh, and then <laughs> my dog, he is—he's a little guy, about the same size as the cat, um, but he's so so sweet, as so many rescue dogs are. Uh, hashtag adopt don't shop. Um, and my partner named him King Louis the Third. So he, he is royalty in our in our household. But that is completely unrelated, but I had to share because I love them. <laughs> hey, we love fur babies on here. We love them. We love fur babies. I have a little, well, she's my mom, Mia, a three-year-old Shih Tzu, and she's more of a diva than I am. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she's just too much. She's too much. And where can okay, now where you? to find me? Mm-hmm. Um, you will find me mostly creating content, free content for you on IG. I'm at hello.gina.here. It's very welcoming. Like, hi, I'm here. And that is a space where I show up authentically and vulnerably and let my own experiences shine to let you know that it's okay if you're currently feeling this way, um, whether that's through your journey with uh, mental health, mental illness, uh, body image. Everyone has bad body image days. Um, even coaches who coach people on body image, okay? Where coaches and, and health practitioners, we're not immune to this crap that, a lot of people deal with we're we're not immune to it no matter how big our following is or how much money we're making off our programs um we're all subject to it 
so you find me on IG at hello.gina here. Um, you will find me at my website and see the uh, coaching services I offer. And that at, is at wellnesswarriorsllc.com. So lots of info there. Very well-rounded. You see my story, um, things that I help with, seeing services I offer. Um, and with that, I also have a private Facebook group opening up called Respect Your Body, Heal Your Mind. And that is for uh, body-conscious women um, joining together to dismantle this beauty myth and get to a space of food freedom, um, learning to eat with our intuition and love our bodies, not based on how we look, um, feeling into our pain and our joy and really getting embodied uh, instead of judging our bodies. So again, that is respect your body, heal your mind. Gina Clausen from Warrior Wellness Coaching. Thank you so, so much for coming over to our home. You have a space here whenever you want. <laughs> and as always, this is your favorite podcast host, Advice from Hannah with Gina on the other side. Signing off now. Toodles. Baby. That was so cool. Bye. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. Did you have fun? Yes.